the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Shalom and welcome to Heart of Messiah Radio Broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Shoresh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently we're serving in Wesley Chapel, St. Pete, South Bay near Riverview and Tampa. We welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Avinu Malkenu, our Father and our King, we thank you so very much for being Lord over our lives. We thank you, Lord, for your word which instructs us and shows us the direction we should go. We thank you, Father, for all the things that you've given us, O Lord. We thank you for this beautiful day. And we thank you, Lord, that we can study your word to show ourselves approved to you, Lord. So we pray, Lord, that this radio program will bless you and give you glory. We pray that this radio program will touch the hearts of the listeners, and that would inform as well. So we thank you, Father, for everything. In the name of Yeshua, amen. Well, good morning, good morning. We're going to start uh, with counting the Omer this day. Let me remind you why we do this. Our purpose in counting the Omer is to draw closer to God each day and be obedient to his word, we should expect that our faith level will be raised each day in anticipation of what God's going to do in our lives and in the lives of those people around us. So we do it in response to God's scripture that tells us to do it. So we read in Leviticus 23, 15, and 16, then you are to count from the morrow after the Shabbat or the Sabbath of Passover, from the day that you brought the Omer of the wave offering, seven complete Sabbaths, until the morrow after the seventh Sabbath, you are to count 50 days and then present a new grain offering to Adonai. So we see it. Every day we count, let us be reminded of the link. There's a link between Passover, which commemorates the Exodus and deliverance, and Shavuot, which is the Feast of Weeks, or you might know it as Pentecost, which commemorates the giving of the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. 
and God's Spirit. So it reminds us that redemption from slavery was not complete until we received God's instruction, the Torah, the law, God's word. It also reminds us that without God's spirit, we don't have the ability to understand his word, nor the strength to keep it. So at this point, I will now count the Omer. Baruch atadnai Eloheinu melech halom, asher kirishanu b'mitzvotav v'tzivanu al-sifarat ha-omer. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, who has set us apart by your commandments and has commanded us to count the Omer. Today is the fifth day of the fifth week, and day, let's see, uh, 33, I have counted the Omer. Okay. Now, the scripture for today is found in Deuteronomy 7.6, if you have our booklet. And it says this, For you are a holy people to Adonai your God. From all the peoples on the face of the earth, Adonai your God has chosen you to be his treasured people. And then we see a connecting verse in 1 Peter 2.9, which says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. The thought for the day is actually from something called the Cultural Dictionary. And it says this, According to the Old Testament, God chose the descendants of Abraham through the line of Isaac and Jacob, the ancestors of today's Jews, as the people through whom he would reveal himself to the world. God therefore freed them from slavery in Egypt and led them into the promised land. Okay, so that definitely connects with counting the Omer. The challenge for the day is, do you feel chosen by God? I mean, do you walk around knowing that God chose you? How do you feel God is leading you into his promised land? Do you sense a leading of God? And then finally, how are you proclaiming God to the world? If you are chosen, you're chosen for what? We are chosen to proclaim God to the world. How are you doing it? Well, we're going to finish up Israel today. We've been talking about Israel the past few weeks. And today we're going to look at Scripture as to understanding Israel from a biblical perspective through the Bible, okay? And if you want to, at the end of the program, I'll tell you how you can get the notes to this program. So let's start with the controversial understanding of who owns Israel, (laughs) right? Everybody wants to know, so who owns Israel? Well, it says in Leviticus 25, 23, God owns Israel. Listen to this scripture. Moreover, the land is not to be sold permanently because the land is mine, for you are sojourners with me. So God's making this very clear. The land is his. Okay? So let's take it a step further and say, well, then he has the right to give it to whom he'd like to give it to. So who has the rights to? Israel. This is not a human feeling. 
or a uh, thing that we are going by, the answer to this question exists because of God, his morality, his authority, and his land rights. (laughs) You know, God gave Abraham and his descendants Israel to be an everlasting possession. In Genesis 12, 7, God says, Then Adonai appeared to Abram and said, I will give this land to your seed. In Genesis 13, 15, it says, For all the land that you are looking at, I will give to you and to your seed forever. In Genesis 15, 18, it says, On that day, Adonai cut a covenant with Abram, saying, I give you this land to your seed from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates. Now, these are just three places where it says that. We could have gone to ten places where it says this. Is, is this good enough for you to understand that God has given the Jewish people the right to live in Israel? God made it a covenant. It's an everlasting covenant saying that it would be an everlasting possession, right? And God's gift to Abraham and his descendants was the land as an unconditional covenant. It says in Genesis 17, 7 and 8, Yes, I will establish my covenant between me and you and your seed after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant, and I always love that word because I always ask, how long is everlasting, right? (laughs) In order to be your God and your seeds, God after you. I will give to you and to your seed after you the land where you are an outsider, the whole land of Canaan, as an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. Look, it says in Psalm 89, this is a great verse, 31 through 38. If his sons forsake my Torah and do not walk in my judgments, if they violate my decrees and do not keep my commandments, then I will punish their transgression with a rod and their iniquity with flogging. But I will not withdraw my loving kindness from him nor will I betray my faithfulness. I will not violate my covenant, nor alter what my lips have uttered. Once for all I have sworn by my holiness, surely I will not lie to David. His descendants will endure forever, and his throne as the sun before me, as the moon established forever, and a trustworthy witness in the sky. I mean, does that say it? I mean, you can't say it's stronger, can you? Of course, it's repeated in Jeremiah 31, 34, and 35, which says, As long as there is a sun and a moon and stars, Israel will be a nation before me forever. And so we see that God has established this, and it's not dependent on whether the Jewish people were good or bad. Look, God punishes us when we're bad, but he doesn't change his covenant. I mean, you could look at it this way. Sometimes you're good. Sometimes you're bad. But God doesn't change his covenant of salvation with you either. 
Now, if God changed his covenant with Israel, might he maybe change his covenant with you? Obviously not. But I use that as an example because as believers, we need to know the heart of God. We need to know his heart for Israel and the Jewish people. So the promise of the land to Israel was not conditional, but rather it was based on God's promise. So, for instance, in Deuteronomy 28, where God explains the blessings and the curses, the curses affect Israel's quality of life, but they don't affect the conditions of God's faithfulness. Okay? Is that clear? Good. God, here's another one. God gave the land to Abraham and his descendants as part of God's redemptive blessing to the world. We see it in Genesis 12, 1, 3. It says that I will bless you. I'll make your name great. I will, um, to you, um, I will bless those who bless you and to whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. You know, I believe that's, again, a reference to Messiah. How, is, how else would the Jewish people bless everybody in the world? Look, the people of Israel were chosen for three purposes. One, to worship God in his land and show the world the blessing of serving the one true God. Two, to receive, record, and spread the word of God. Three, to point to and prepare for Mashiach, Messiah, who brought us salvation. Amen? Okay. God gave the land in his Covenant to Isaac's son, Jacob, and his descendants, not Esau and his descendants. So we see this in Genesis 28, 4. We see it in Genesis 28, 13 through 15. We see it in Obadiah. Listen to this one, Obadiah 1, 8 through 10. Okay, maybe some of you haven't been in Obadiah lately, but it says this. In that day, declares Adonai, will I not destroy the wise men from Edom and understanding from the hill country of Esau? Then you mighty men, O Teman, will be shattered. So everyone will be cut off from the hill country of Esau by slaughter. Because of your violence to your brother Jacob, shame will cover you and you will be cut off forever. So that's one example. You also see it in Genesis 17, 18 through 21. God tells Israel in many scriptures to go and conquer the land, right? He says it in Deuteronomy uh, 1.8. He says, the land's before you, enter and possess the land, okay? In Joshua 1, 2 through 6, it says, so now arise, and go across to the Jordan. I'm giving to you, B'nai Yisrael, the sons of Israel, every place on which the sole of your foot treads I'm giving to you. And so it says later on, I will not fail you or forsake you. Chazak, which means be strong, for you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to you. And so in Joshua 1.10 it says, By this you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out from before you. And then it goes on. We see this also as a future thing in Zechariah 12.9. Look, none of us want to see warfare, but it says it will 
happen in that day that I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. There is a time where God is going to battle along with Israel. And, um, you know, we might not be fans of war. I don't think anybody really is. But there are times that that's going to happen like it did in the past. It will happen in the future. So I already mentioned to you that God did not change Israel's right to the land because of their sin. But if you'd like to add a couple scriptures to that, uh, it's Leviticus 26, 44 and 45, Amos 9, 14 and 15. We also see that God calls the land of Canaan Israel. There are many scriptures about this, but I've given you one. Ezekiel 37, 12, therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says Adonai Elohim, behold, I will open your graves. I will bring you up out of your graves, my people. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. A couple uh Other interesting things in Scripture, I think, as we look at one of them is that God will have the stranger, meaning those outside the covenant, living with you. (laughs) Now, you'd say, well, that's kind of strange because Jewish people certainly historically have separated themselves from the world. And uh, but God says, look, there's going to come a time. And this is in Isaiah 61, 5 and 6. Strangers will stand and shepherd your flocks. Children of foreigners will be your plowmen and vine dressers. But you will be called the the uh, Kohanim, the the priests of Adonai. They will speak of you as ministers of our God. You will eat the wealth of nations and boast in their abundance. Look, interesting enough, uh, God promises that the strangers will live in and amongst Israel. And I told you last week that 1.7 million Arabs live in Israel. They are 20% of the population. You can also look at Numbers 15, 15, and 16 about this. Now, uh, it also talks about God will be responsible. He's the responsible one for bringing Jews back into the land of Israel. For that, look at Isaiah 11, 11, and 12 and Ezekiel 36, 4 through 8. But I want to take a couple moments and and finish today's teaching about Scripture, specifically speaking to you in the audience, if you are a Christian. God wants Christians to be part of Israel's restoration and part of Israel's future. So we'll start with Isaiah 60, verse 12. For the nation and the kingdom which will not serve you, meaning Israel, will perish. Those nations will be utterly ruined. Look, there is a connection between the world and Israel. And we have to understand that our support for Israel is paramount. It it lines up with God's word. And it is extremely important. In Romans fifteen twenty seven, it says, For if the Gentiles have shared in their spiritual gift, uh, blessings, meaning the blessings of Jewish people, they also ought to serve them in material blessings. I believe you should be giving finances to Israel. And if you don't know where to give it, you can give it to us and we will give it to is to the, the the ministries that we feel 
are excellent in Israel. If you don't want to take the time to research it, you can just send to our congregation or to our radio program and, and say, please give this money to Israel. And we will bring uh, give it to the right organizations. So no problem. Romans 11.11 says, I say then, they did not stumble so as to fall, did they? May it never be. But as their false step, salvation has come to the Gentiles to provoke Israel to jealousy. That one of the jobs of people who are not Jewish is to make Jewish people jealous of their relationship with the Messiah. Besides that, Psalm 102, 14 says, You will arise and make and have compassion on Zion, for it is time to show favor to her, for the appointed time has come. How many scriptures do I need to read to share with you the heart of Messiah, the heart of God, in terms of the Jewish people and the relationship between Christians and Israel and the Jewish people? In Psalm 122.9, it says, For the sake of the house of Adonai, our God, I will seek your good. And your, in this scripture, you can look it up, refers to Jerusalem. So that's Psalm 122.9, you are to do good. And in Zechariah 14.16, then all the survivors from all the nations that attacked Jerusalem will go up from year to year to worship the king. Adonai Tzavot, which is the Lord of hosts, and to celebrate Sukkot, which is the Feast of Booths. You are going to be celebrating these holy days, which some people call Jewish holy days, but they're not. They're God's appointed times. You're going to be celebrating these days in Israel. Now, That might sound crazy, but this is the word of God being spoken to you. This is not an interpretation. I'm just reading to you the word of God. You can look at it for yourself. So what is our responsibility? You and I, what is our responsibility? I think it's this. There are going to be a number of people who disagree without the opinion I've stated today whether they don't care about Scripture or they do care about Scripture, but they see it differently, and they're not going to support Israel. I believe that we cannot back down from the mandate that God has given us to support Israel. Yet, we also have another mandate, and that is to show love, patience, and compassion because This is a mandate as well. We are, as it says in Galatians 6, 2, to bear one another's burdens. And in this way, you fulfill the law of Messiah, the instruction of Messiah. So this is what we are to do. We are not to be argumentative. We are to present the facts and then let the facts and God's spirit deal with it. We are not to cause a ruckus, okay? Even if you think you're right. So look. If you'd like to have the notes from today's teachings, understand Israel from Scripture, if you would like to have an article from Jack Hayford, Pastor Jack Hayford, or Senator Jim Inhofe, all of these supporting Israel, just call Karen at 813-831-5673 and let her know 
and we will send out these uh, materials to you for free. And look, if you'd like to support some place in Israel, uh, let Karen know that, and we will send your money to Israel to the right place. If you'd like to support the Heart of Messiah radio program because you feel it's valuable to you and you'd like to support us financially, you can donate at our website, heartofmessiah.org, or call Karen, 813-831-5673. May the Lord be your first priority, and may you grow in your desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. Join me as we close in prayer. Abba, Father, teach us your ways so that our hearts would be hearts of flesh and not of stone. May our words and actions always reflect the heart of Messiah so that everyone who meets us will know that Yeshua is our Messiah and King. You are Messiah, Yeshua Mashiach, the Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.